Thank you for listening to our Love City Church podcast. Visit us online at www.lovecitychurch.ca. We pray that this message encourages you and strengthens you in your walk with Jesus. Just because there is so much going on and we want you to be uh, involved in what's happening. Hey, we're going to get right into the Word today because I have a, a full meal for you today. I have uh, appetizers, uh, uh, an entree, dessert, and a little bit of uh, extra at the end. So I want you to buckle up today because uh, the Word I'm going to share with you today is something that my wife and I, as we were away uh, uh, in, uh, at West Edmonton Mall uh, doing all the wonderful things there with our family. It was fantastic, and I hope you had a great New Year's as well. As we were driving back, my wife and I were just praying and asking God, God, what do you want to do this year at Love City Church? What is it that you want to do in people's lives? And very clearly, the Lord spoke to both of us yesterday, and it was a confirmation that I was, what I was going to share today was exactly what the Lord wanted me to share. And so what we're going to talk about today is the idea of uh, leaving our old habits behind. If you missed last Sunday, it was a great Sunday. We talked about leaving your, the past behind, and you can listen online uh, on our website uh, on, that, on that message, and it was a great uh, opportunity to hear about how our past can actually keep us from experiencing everything that God has for us in our future. And uh, I encourage you to go and listen to that online. Um, uh, but this today, we're going to talk about leaving your old habits behind. And I have good news for you. We are putting our notes back online on the Uversion app. And so if you have a Uversion app, you can go online and all of the notes are available for you there. Even easier, just go to lovecitychurch.ca and a pop-up will just be completely intrude your, your space and it will say, do you want to look at the notes? And you just click on the sermon notes and those will pop right up on there. But we're going to get into the Word today and we're going to talk about this whole idea of old habits. You know, as we come into the new year, I want to start off by just setting everybody at ease. Every single person in the room today has some sort of old habit in their life that they just can't shake. So if you're here today thinking, oh man, here we go, I'm going to talk about all my old habits and oh, I'm a bad person. Listen, you are sitting with a bunch of folks who've got a lot of problems. If you spend one day with me, you'll see i probably got a lot more problems than you do. And uh, you'll be hanging out with us like, man, he pastors a church? That's weird. Just kidding. Not that bad. But every single person in the room today has got something going on in their life. Some of you, it might be just something you've been serving God for a long time. You say, Ryan, I ain't got no problems in my life. I ain't got no old habits. Well, you know, you might be on Instagram or social media and you're looking at that, your friend's house is bigger than yours and your car is nicer than yours and all of a sudden this jealousy just creeps up in your heart. Well, you didn't mean to do it, but guess what? That's an old habit, so you need to get over it. But we all have sorts of, all sorts of stuff in our lives, old habits. Some of us, it's just little simple things. It's little habits we have or pride or jealousy or anger or frustration other people it's maybe a little bit heavier a little bit deeper maybe it's an addiction maybe it's a substance substance abuse or you're addicted to sex or addicted to money or addicted to shopping or addicted to all sorts of maybe heavier things like that and so you might be here today and you have whatever place you're at in your walk with God wherever you're at in your life every single person in the room today has something going on in their life. There's a lot of Christians today and a lot of churches today that put up an illusion to make you think that they ain't got no problems. And the reality is, is that we are a people full of problems. It's just the reality of being alive on the planet. So you might be here today, and it might be extreme or it might be not extreme, but today I really feel like I want, I believe the Lord gave me a thought to help you. 
and I believe this is kind of the theme in my heart for our year, as we get into this idea of leaving our old habits behind. I want to read a scripture in Ephesians chapter 4. It's going to be our kind of foundation. We're going to walk through this verse and, uh, and look at this scripture together and use it as kind of like a bullet point for our, 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 our thought today. Ephesians 4, 22 to 24 says, You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires to be made new in the attitude of your minds and to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. So Paul here is writing to the church in Ephesus and he's identifying that, okay, listen, there, there was this old self, this old you, this former way of life, and this old you was corrupted by these de deceitful, deceptive desires. You were corrupted. It was this old corruption. It was who you used to be. It was who you once were. But that old way of life, he uses this kind of technical word, corrupted. And the moment I read this, I thought instantly about, um, about if you've ever experienced a virus on your computer. Now, I'm a Mac user, and I've been using Mac since 2006, and I've never experienced a virus on my computer because I use the, uh, the, the right uh, computer. Um, so uh, I've been using Macs now for 13 years. I have the mic. Uh, Joel, be quiet. Um, <laughs> I've been using Macs now for about 13 years, and never once, never once, once, once have I had a virus on my computer, nor have I had to have any virus protection. And now Steve Jobs is no longer with us, so probably the attacks are coming. Uh, but uh, the reality is, is that, but for those of you who have used a PC and you've experienced this kind of idea where you start to open up your computer and the, man, the computer just starts up really slow. Or every time I open up an application, it closes down. Or man, whenever I open up my browser, Internet Explorer, some random search engine, fizzle pop jung jung comes up. And you're like, what is that? Like, you know, where did I get that, that, that Internet you know, search engine on my computer or, you know, all of a sudden there's these random little scripts that start coming up saying, oh, the, you know, this is an error and all sorts of weird numbers and all these little red X's and all these things happen. I don't know if you've ever experienced this before, but that is called a virus. There's a virus on your hard drive, on your operating system. There's a virus has been installed on your operating system and now your computer is no longer functioning nor acting like it was originally intended to act. When it came out of the box and you opened up the first time, it started smoothly, it smelled beautifully, it had beautiful sound, it, all everything opened quickly, it was fantastic, it was exactly as the manufacturer intended the computer to work. But now that this virus has been installed, now things aren't going like it should go. And how do we fix that? Well, generally, you reformat your computer back to its original state. You reinstall the operating system, and you install a virus protection onto your computer so that now there's something that's keeping this virus away from harming your operating system. Now, back in the Garden of Eden, when Adam and Eve were walking amongst the garden, they were using Macs. Things were perfect, and things were great. It was heavenly. It was beautiful. 
And then they were given an option. They said, okay, God said, as I share almost every Sunday, because it's the, the foundation of everything that's gone wrong in our lives, God gave them an option, said, choose me or choose the tree of knowledge of good and evil. One of the two, if you choose me, things will be great. If you choose the tree of knowledge of good and evil, you, the scripture says you will surely die. And sure enough, they chose the tree of knowledge of good and evil over God. So they disobeyed God's command. And then they were given this, Windows 98 PC. <laughs> And now, ever since that moment, there was these viruses on their computer, and they were constantly on the operating system. Their mind, their hardware, now had a script or a virus running on its, its mindset, its perspectives, its ideas, its thought processes. Now, there was all sorts of ideas and all sorts of thinking that came from that one decision. It was a virus that was installed on the operating system of every human on the planet and you were born into it thoughts like angry thoughts and unforgiving thoughts and suicidal thoughts and rebellious thoughts and lustful thoughts and sexually illicit thoughts and prideful thoughts and unforgiving thoughts and negative thoughts about who you are or what you're capable of thoughts of fear thoughts of doubt thoughts of anxiety thoughts of guilt thoughts of shame and what happened is is that you and I one day made a decision to follow Jesus Christ we became Christians we started uh, going to church and uh, started doing all the Christian things we do but even though we've made a confession of faith that I'm a follower of Jesus Christ, for some reason this virus is still at work in my operating system. So I've accepted the idea that I am now a Macintosh computer, hallelujah. I am now this, uh, uh, accepting this idea of a new relationship with God and a new way of living and a new way of acting and a new way, a new type of life that I can live. But many of us, me included, have this still, this corrupted virus that works in my mind. And we see that this Paul identifies that the former way of life, the way that you used to live, the old habits are connected to the corruption of your operating system. It's connected to the corruption or the virus that's in your mind. The behavior, the way you live your life, what you do, how you act, how you live your life is impacted by how your mind works. And so this virus is installed on our mind, and even though we're followers of Christ, we still struggle, we still have old habits, we still have things, we're still being corrupted by these deceitful desires, and I'm here today to help you work through how to get through that in your life. Actually, the scripture teaches us this process of sin in James 1. It says, but each one of us is tempted when he is and enticed then when desire is conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it's full grown, brings forth death. So we have our desires, our corrupted minds, our just regular thinking, our minds here. And then we have our temptation. And who would tempt us? The, the enemy of our soul who wants to derail us from having a relationship with God and wants to keep us from living the life that God wants for us. So he tempts us to sin. So we have a temptation to sin. And we have our normal mind, our corrupted mind. And when those two things get together, there's an action. It gives birth to sin. Sin happens in our life. And we start acting out in a certain way. And eventually, if we 
continue to sin in that way, it leads to spiritual death, and we feel disconnected from God and disconnected from people and disconnected from this planet. We feel like we have no purpose, we have no value. Why am I even here? That chasm that you feel all started back in the very beginning place of your mind. And this progress of sin in our life or this, this process of bad habits in our life, every one of us struggles with this. And the Bible identifies two specific types of sin or types of bad habits. Psalms 19, 12, and 13. Look at this. How can I know all the sins lurking in my heart? Cleanse me from, look, first one, hidden faults. Keep your servant from deliberate sins. Look at this. Don't let them, what, control me. Then I will be free of guilt and innocent of great sins. So, here the psalmist identifies there are hidden sin, like pride or areas of your life. Maybe you're a new follower of God and you didn't realize that that type of behavior wasn't okay and now you're learning that. Or maybe it's a deliberate sin. You've actually literally, you planned it, you've chosen it, you've processed it, you've ritualized it, you fantasized about it, you considered it. Okay, I'm going to go home and I, I know I shouldn't, you know, I know tonight I'm not feeling like I should go home and have a drink, but I know for a fact that I'm going to go have a drink and not just have one drink, but I have a lot of drinks because I'm not feeling very good. I'm feeling like I'm having a bad day and so I'm going to drink tons. I know I'm going to do that to the point where I'm going to get totally drunk. I know I'm going to do that. That choice is called deliberate sin. And guess what? We all do it. Every person on the planet has a hidden sin and a deliberate sin. And every one of those hidden faults in our lives, every one of those areas of our lives are the deception, the corrupted desires of our mind that come through being born into a sinful nature. But when the devil comes and tempts us, what he does, he tries to tempt us to act out on that, which causes sin, which causes death. And so we see in the scripture here that, that, that we are, Paul is identifying that there was a corruption in those people. He was writing to Christians saying, listen, remember, I taught you not to live that way any longer. I taught you not to live in the lifestyle or the thinking or the patterns of a corrupted mindset. Don't live that way any longer. And so Paul is helping us understand that these bad habits don't just come from us being bad people. It just means that we were born to this environment, that Adam and Eve made a bad decision, there was a virus installed in our operating system, and now even though we're followers of Jesus Christ, there still needs to be some effort on our part to see something shift in our thinking. Paul continues, look what he says. Ephesians 4.22 You were taught with regard to your former way of life. Look at this. You were taught to be, to be made new in the attitude of your minds. Another translation says, instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. So let the Spirit come, and this is all throughout the Bible. Romans 12, 2. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be metamorphosis, be transformed. Like, like, a, like, a, like a, 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 a caterpillar becoming a, a, a butterfly. That cocoon, that metamorphosis from the old way of thinking to a new way of thinking. Let there be transformation by the what? renewing of your mind. Look at the next word. What's the word? Then. So I cannot expect my behavior or my old habits or the life that I'm living to get any better if my mind has not been renewed and transformed by God's Spirit. 
I cannot know what's happening with my life, where I'm going with my life, what God's purpose for my life is, what his will is for me, what his desire is for me, if my mind is not transformed by the renewing of my mind. It all starts in our mind. And then he says this next verse, okay? You were also taught, look at this, to put on your new self. Look what the new self is. Well, the new self is created to be like God. So a person that's created to be like God, well, they're righteous. That means they have right living and they also are holy. They are holy in God's sight. So now he says, okay, when you put on your new self, when you put on Christ, when you put on this new way of living, when you put on this new mind, it actually begins to change the way that you live. Now there's righteousness. Now there's holiness. You are putting on this new self. Now, how do you put something on? It requires you to pick it up and put it on. This is one of the biggest lies of the devil. That you and I say a prayer, we become Christians, and now we don't have to do any more work. And see, today I want to walk you through the remaining time with something I believe to be absolutely the essential key to you seeing the breakthrough that you need in your life this year. Ryan, is this a silver bullet? Yes. <laughs> I'm about to give you the silver bullet to seeing these old habits go away. You want to know why I can tell you this? Because I have experienced it in my life. Paul here says, okay, you've been corrupted in your thinking. You have a virus on your operating system. Couple that with temptation of the devil. That jerk's always trying to derail you. So that's kind of standing against you. But I want you to know now, this is how I've taught you how to live as a follower of God. Now, you need to let the Holy Spirit, let the Spirit renew your mind and put on that new self. Who's made to be righteous and holy. Okay, so Paul shifts gears two chapters later he says okay now i'm going to go into some 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 things that were going to help you look what he says in chapter 6 verse 12 for we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies but against the evil rulers and the authorities of the unseen world against mighty powers in this dark world and against the evil spirits in the heavenly places so notice it's unseen it's dark world and it's heavenly places Therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then, after the battle, you will still be standing firm. So we identify here that this is not a natural battle. This isn't just about your addiction to spending money. This isn't just about that hidden fault in your life. This isn't just about the natural expression of that sin that's happening in your life. That's kind of the secondary point. You have to take a step back and recognize that there is a spiritual world that is going on right now and it is a battle there's a battle between these spiritual forces of darkness and the spiritual forces of darkness i believe are battling over your mind they're not battling over necessarily how you spend your money or what relationships that you're in or or your your lifestyle decisions it's not necessarily the battle the battle is much further much beyond much before that it starts in the the operating system of our brains and the enemy is at work trying to where does temptation start in 
our minds. And so we have to understand that we are experiencing a spiritual battle. And, and notice he says to put on this armor, just like Paul said, put on the new man. Now, I, I don't know about you. My wife can attest to this. I do not wake up every morning this holy. Not that I'm very holy right now. <laughs> I don't wake up every morning feeling like I'm ready to just go to war with the devil. I don't wake up every morning feeling full of faith. I don't wake up every morning ready to preach. I don't wake up every morning wanting to read my Bible. Man, I don't wake up every morning. I don't wake up every morning very nice at all. I'm just a big grizzly bear. I'm a jerk in the morning. And so it takes this effort on my part to wake up every morning and recognize that if I don't put on this new man, I won't make it through the day. If I don't get my mind renewed right away, I'm not going to make it from this uh, defensive position. He, he talks about all the defensive things that you wear. You wear the, the helmet of salvation, the, 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 the shoes, and the, the breastplate, and all the different things. And then Paul shifts gear in, in verse 17 and says, put on the salvation as your helmet and take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Notice that the sword of the Spirit, the Spirit and the Word are coupled as one, and it is literally the only offensive weapon used in this verse. Everything else is to protect yourself from the attacks and the schemes of the enemy. Then Paul says, here's all the way to defend yourself, but now I want to give you an offensive weapon. Now I want to give you literally the only weapon, I want to put this weapon in your hand, this natural weapon to fight a spiritual battle. Literally, the only weapon that Paul suggests is the Word of God. I want to walk you through some thoughts here in 2 Corinthians chapter 10. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to identify what the, how the enemy uh, comes into our mind and our thinking. See, Ryan, I thought we were talking about old habits. Trust me. If you can get the Word of God into your mind and begin to read the Word of God and allow the seed of God's Word to be planted in your thinking, you watch how your behaviors will change. If you yield your life and accept the authority of this Word as the, as the truth of Scripture written by God, the Word for your life, I promise you, if you read this Word every single day and get this seed into your mind and into your heart, your life will be transformed in 2019. He gives us one defensive weapon. And he says this in 2 Corinthians 10. For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. He, the weapons we fight with. Now Paul, he's talking about this weapon. The weapons that we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, look at this, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. Another translation, look at this. Those things God gives to fight with, the word of God, look at this, look at this, destroy the strong places of the devil. <laughs> so this word of God that we've been given has the power to destroy the strong places of the devil. What a promise. Now this is why I wanted to share this in the beginning of the year because my heart breaks for so many people who are followers of Jesus Christ that just can't seem to see breakthrough in their life. And the reason is because we don't recognize 
that the tool we were given, the gift we were given, the sword we were given, this is the offensive sword to destroy the strongholds of the devil in your life. Look what it says in the scripture. We dismiss arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. That is the point of the temptation and the thoughts of the enemy to get you from knowing God. How do we know God? Through the reading of Scripture. This, I believe, in my personal opinion, is the devil's greatest strategy. I'm divulging his plans. I'm standing in the planning room of the, of the devil's the army, and he's sitting around with all the, the little map, with the little warships everywhere, and he says, okay, guys, I want you to know if I can get Christians to not read their Bible and not do what it says, we win. We'll succeed. Because the only way to know God is to read God's word. And so the devil here wants to keep us from having a knowledge and understanding of who God is. That's when we begin to question truth. That's when we begin to doubt. That's when we begin to have fear. That's when we begin to question the nature and the character of God. When we aren't reading the book that defines the nature and the character of God. And the scripture here says that that is the enemy's intention. And look at this. I'm going to walk you through. Look, look what the three things these thoughts do. The first th thing is, he uses the word arguments. Those, that word is an interesting word. It means thoughts. It actually means the word imagination. I've shared this thousands of times to you guys. Some of you haven't heard it before. But the idea uh, that something that you're meditating on, your imagination, this is where I think the enemy wants to come for many of us when it comes to uh, progress in our life. He, he, you, uh, this is how I think it happens. At least it does for me. You flip, flip them through Instagram and you see this amazing ministry, for me, amazing ministry of this, you know, this massive ministry and something in my imagination latches on to that and thinks, ooh, I really want that. And now I wrap faith around that and I start calling it God because I want it. Because in my imagination, I've accepted this idea that, man, I really like that. So now my imagination is stirring about and I take faith and I take God's word and I take prayer and I take prophetic words I've received and say, God wants me to have that. When in reality, it was just my imagination. Many of us, in our journey in life, we set goals. That's why people say, what are your goals for 2019? Like, like Steph said, though a man is a plan in his heart, the Lord's purposes are going to prevail. So what happens is, is we often set our agenda based on what we see in the patterns of this world. We see a nice car, or we see a career, or we see a marriage, or we see a girl who looks better than we do. And we think, oh, I want to look like her, or whatever it might be for you. You see these things, and in your imagination, we begin to wrap faith around the idea when in reality, none of that was ever founded in the Word of God. Imagination. This, you say, Ryan... This is what the enemy's strongholds are. So he does this in our minds. He uses our imagination. I've read this a lot of times, but Tozer says this. Imagination is not faith. Imagination projects unreal images out of the mind and seeks to attach reality to them. Faith creates nothing. 
It simply reckons upon that which is already there, meaning this, what God has for your life is already in his heart for you. All you have to do is have faith and believe that God will provide the opportunity, the moment, the blessing, the relationship. God will provide that for your life if you have faith and trust in him fully. What we do is we take matters into our own hands and we rush the process because our imagination wants to see it quicker and sooner and so we rush it and that's when we get in debt and that's when we get in bad relationships and that's when we make bad choices. We say, God, what's going on? Why is my life like this? He says, well, son, it's because you didn't live by faith. You lived by your imagination. So we have to recognize that the only direction we receive from life, the word of God, is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. There is nothing else on this planet that can give you direction other than God's word. Imagination. The second thing he does, look at this. He causes pretension. This is a weird word. High-sounding opinions. These are prideful thoughts. These are basically thoughts elevated above God. What the enemy wants to do is he wants to begin, and this is big in North America, he wants to begin to help us to believe that we can actually live a life outside of Christ. We can have a relationship with God, like I know God, I go to church, I do all the right things, but your life is actually lived not through Christ, but around Christ. And so what the enemy wants to do is he wants to get us to a place where we say, I confess my faith to God and I believe that he's God and all these different things, but in reality, in my life, I'm not living a life through Christ. You live a life where you say, I actually don't need God. The third thing he wants to do Look at this scripture here, which is a really interesting one. Is It just says every thought. That word actually means illicit thoughts. It actually means wandering and unprotected thoughts. Now this is where a lot of us, mainly myself probably, really struggle. Because what happens is, is that, you know when you begin to daydream or you just lose yourself in thought somewhere... I know I do this, and I got a real problem with this. I, I'm a self-talker, and so I'll go off into la-la land and stuff. I'll walk in the bathroom. I'm having a full-on conversation with myself. <laughs> Have you ever done that? I'm talking through. I'm going to talk to this person or this and thing or that thing. And what that is, is that's called, that's called, an, that's called the wandering, unprotected thought. That when you're driving down the road, coming home from work, and you're driving down the road, and all of a sudden this thought hits you, Maybe it's a billboard you see, or it's a sexual thought, or it's an angry thought, or all of a sudden this thought comes hits you. You had a fight with your wife last week, and the pain or the anger of that uh, conversation pops up in you, and you get home, and you're super ticked. She goes, what happened to you? I have no idea. I'm just super ticked at you. It's because our thoughts are unpro uh, unprotected, and we allow our thinking just to go wherever it wants. That is the danger zone for our minds when we do not keep our minds in check with God's word. And so we just start allowing our minds to be unprotected and they start, they start just, uh, just kind of f these little flitting thoughts come across. How many of you know what I'm talking about? You just all of a sudden have this weird thought of like, where did that thought come from? That is the devil at work trying to separate you from a relationship with God, trying to keep you stuck in your old habits. Look what John 8, 44 says. When he lies, the devil it is consistent with his character, for he is a liar and the father of lies. I've asked this many times for those of you who've been around me for very long. Okay, well, if Satan's the father of lies, who's the mama? If Satan is the father of lies, who is the mother? Our minds. What the enemy does with these random thoughts is he rapes our mind. He plants his seed into the womb of our minds 
And it begins to produce a certain thought process of fear and anxiety and doubt. And then we begin to act out. We cope by, you know, spending money or with, you know, we control the situation. We act out with our old habits because of what happened right here in our thinking. The devil comes and he plants his seed into our womb. And the reason I know that our mind is a womb because in 1 Peter 1.13 it says, Therefore, gird up the loins of your mind. That word loins is the reproductive organ. So the scripture says to protect and to hem in the reproductive organ of your mind. So you can't let the devil put his thoughts in your mind. You can't let the devil keep those negative thoughts in your head. You can't let the devil keep those thoughts that you're worthless. You can't let the devil keep those thoughts that you can't go do very much or go very far or you're not very successful or you're not going to make it or you're a screw-up or you're a loser or you're a failure or you'll never do anything or you'll never see breakthrough or you're, nothing's going to happen in 2019. Those lies are created by the father of lies and if we allow those seeds to get into our mind, our deceptive, corruptive thoughts would tempt gets together it causes birth and birth brings for or sin brings forth death but look what james says therefore get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent and humbly accept the word planted in you which can save you so if the enemy can drop these flitting thoughts into our mind and they cause us to live a life of death where do we get God's word? Where do we get God's word from? Do we get God's word from listening to preachers on podcasts? Do we get to God's word from listening to the radio? Sorry, Andrew. Where do we get God's word from? I know this seems very basic this morning, but I bet you if I took a poll on how many people were actively reading their Bible the poll will be very low. And I'm here today. You say, Ryan, this is challenging. Yes, it is. Because I want you to see breakthrough in 2019. Because we're not going to play games this year, guys. We're not just going to be Christians and religious people and do the church thing. No, this year we are going to see breakthrough in our lives. We're going to see breakthrough in our hearts. We're going to see breakthrough in, in, in every area of our lives and our relationships. We are going to see breakthrough this year. And the only way for you and I to see breakthrough is to know Jesus better. And the only way to know Jesus better is to read his word. That's it. Look what he, as I end here this morning. Look, look at a few more verses here. Now Paul now says, okay, so this is what he said. Okay, this is what happens. The enemy corrupts your mind. He combines your normal thinking with temptation, and then it causes uh, death in your life and sin in your life, and that's where the bad habits come from. And then he says, okay, now I want you to know that the goal of the enemy is to get you in your imagination, is to get you thinking that you don't really need God, and to get you to a place where you just your imagination and your mind is not being protected. So that's the goal of the enemy. You might feel like, man, I feel really bad. I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about the devil. That's what he does to your mind. But, it, the, but Paul here identifies exactly what we can do to bring those things down. Look what he says. He says, we demolish arguments. We demolish these imaginative thoughts. We demolish ungodly imaginations to take or cast down everything in my imagination that is not from God's word or of God. Right. He says, 
We destroy harmful arguments to pull and break down and destroy every prideful thought that tries to keep me from trusting in God and his word. Literally, that word means to pull down these arguments in my mind. We take every thought captive and hold it as prisoner. Every thought that the enemy puts on our mind will be held up against the wall by the end of a spear. That's what that word means, to take prisoner. It literally means, that word picture for the mean, the word to, uh, to take prisoner, the idea of taking captive, is to take a spear and hold someone at spear point against a wall and say, uh-uh, you are not allowed any further. That's the literal word of that word, to take captive. That when those thoughts come into your mind of negativity, and those thoughts come into your mind of discouragement, and those thoughts come into your mind of anxiety, say, Ryan, you know, you're making it too spiritual. Well, guess what? It starts in the spiritual realm in your thinking. And the scripture here teaches us that you have the power to take down, to demolish, to destroy, to take that thought right with a spear, put it right in the center of its face and say, the word of God says, man shall not live by bread alone. The, man, the word of God says that no weapon formed against me shall prosper. The word of God says that I am more than a conqueror through Christ who gives me strength. You take that word and you stick it in that devil's face and say, no, in 2019, I ain't going to live in anxiety further. I'm not going to have any fear any longer. I'm not going to allow those destructive thoughts to be allowed in my mind any longer. I'm taking that spear and I'm putting it right in the heart of those thoughts and saying, no, God has given me an offensive tool that can take down the stronghold of the devil. That's what you have been given. Recognize that you have everything you need right here. Notice what this last verse says at the very bottom, the bolded. Look, look at what we're supposed to do. Make it what? <laughs> I struggle with mental gymnastics like maybe I have mental problems, guys. <laughs> I struggle. I was searching on, you know, these are the thoughts. Oh, you're not doing very good. You're not a very good pastor. Oh, you're not a very good husband. You're not a very good dad. These are just the thoughts that just play over in my stinking, corrupted mind. And guess what? You know what I had to do? No, no, you need to be obedient to God's word. The Bible says. The scripture says. You want to know why? The, the, like, if I could make any other point this morning, do you know that Jesus had to do the same thing? Matthew 4 being tempted by the devil. For the Son of God, take these stones to become loaves of bread, but Jesus told him, well, no, actually the Bible says, if you're the Son of God, jump off this script, jump, jump, jump off, for the scripture says, and Jesus responds, well, no, actually the Bible says, does it again, I'll give it all to you if you just bow down and worship me, look at that imagination, I'll give you everything in your imagination can desire if you just bow down before me, and Jesus, actually the Bible says, now, if Jesus, the Son of God, 100% man, 100% God, had to use the Word of God. Now, how did Jesus do? Did he pull out his scroll and say, oh, man, okay. Devil, just one second, okay? The whole bowing down thing, okay, just one minute. By his coming, your thoughts, well, that's not a very good scripture to read, but how do you think Jesus just said that to the devil? What did he do? He memorized scripture. How do you memorize scripture? 
Psalms 16, verse 7. Lord, you alone are my cup of salvation. Joshua 1, verses 7 and 8. Well, I, I will not let this book of law depart from my mouth, but I will meditate on it constantly, both day and night. The scripture says, then you will be prosperous and successful in everything that you do. In order for you to be able to see breakthrough in your old habits, you want to know why I know this? Because I had a lot of stinking, disgusting old habits. <laughs> 2019, I'm not going to deal with those things any longer. I can honestly say that with full confidence to you, that this is the year where I'll say, hey, all those old habits have been gone. Why? Because, gosh, I spend time reading this word and memorizing the scripture and getting into my spirit and letting the seed of God's word go into my mind and my heart. And yeah, get, Ryan, do you read a Bible reading plan? plan? Actually, I don't. Ryan, do you read your Bible every day? Guess what, guys? This last week, I only read my Bible twice. Ooh. Ryan, like, you're a hypocrite. I sure am. I'm trying to get this right just like you are. I don't read my Bible for four hours a day and get up and levitate on water. Sometimes I open the scripture to Psalms. I've been reading the Psalms for two years now and I literally will read one verse and I will say that verse over and over and over and over and over again. Stephanie read a good verse this morning for I know the plans that I have for you, God. I just don't feel like I have good plans. God, I just don't feel very good. God, my, my, my feelings are telling me that you don't have plans. But no, I know, for I know, God, you have a plan for me. You have a plan to prosper me. God, you have a plan for me. You have a plan to prosper me. God, you have a plan for me. You have a prosper me. God, you have a plan for me. You're going to prosper me. You might be experiencing fear. Just imagine you're laying in a hospital room and you're full of fear because you're about to go into surgery and you say to yourself, oh, oh no fear. Please have no fear. No fear. No fear. No fear. No fear. No fear. What are you thinking about? Fear. So if you're experiencing something in your life, what you need to do is not just take out that thought. Don't just remove the negative thought. You've got to replace it with something. With God's word. Love City Church, we are committed in this year to be people who read God's Word. In our groups, I'm just going to say it because I haven't shown this yet, but one of the main things we're going to focus on is Bible memorization. I know you say, Ryan, that's for kids. No, that's for you. <laughs> that's for me. We're going to memorize Scripture together. We're going to read the Word of God together. We're going to allow this Bible, this Word, this truth, all moral truth right here, And the reason we need to read is because the scripture says that it will actually convict you of sin. The Holy Spirit comes as you're reading a verse. Say, hey, Ryan, James 1.21, James 1.19. Be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry. For a man's anger does not bring about the righteous life that God desires. Oh, that convicts me because you know what? I can get a little angry sometimes. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, I just, oh God, I just repent for any anger in my life, God. Will you help me with this, Holy Spirit? I want to be a man who's not a man of anger. I want to be a man of joy and peace. And what's happening is, is I'm beginning to address these old habits and saying, you have no more place in my life because the new word, the new sheriff in town is God's word. This can save you. This can transform you. This can give you all the things you've been looking for in your walk with God. Now, if you sit down with me and you want to hang out, we're going to talk about your life, you expect me to ask you a question. 
When's the last time you read your Bible? Most people say, oh, I haven't read it this year. I read it a month ago. Okay, go back and read your Bible. Spend a few hours, maybe a week, just reading the Bible, and then let's talk again and see how your perspective changes. Every time, every time, every time. Oh man, it's all right there. Oh man, there's life in these words. 2019, we're going to see breakthrough in your life, not because God just comes and goes like that. Though he can, and he does. But because you and I say, I'm committed, Lord, to being a student and a disciple of your word. Amen? Amen. Amen. Did you stand up with me? Let me pray. Firstly, I just want to do what I do every week. You never know who's in the room. I want to pray this prayer, and then I want to pray specifically for our church. While you're in the room today, with every eye closed in this place, you're in the room today, and you say, you know, Ryan, I'm here today, and I, I'm either uh, far from God, I don't have a relationship with Him, or, gosh, I've never accepted Jesus Christ into my life. You say, Ryan, I'd like to do that today. I'd like to make that commitment today. Would you just raise your hand real quick? Let me see you so I can pray with you today. Okay, I'm going to pray. Would I just pray for every person in this room today? My prayer, Lord, is that you would cause there to be a hunger for your word. Sometimes reading your word can be boring, God. And sometimes it's boring because I come into it not asking you to come and guide me. Holy Spirit, I ask that you would come and begin to reveal to them your word. That in these next 21 days, Lord, as they read their Bible and as they pray, that you would cause there to be transformation in their lives. Come on, place your hand over your heart right now. Lord, I just pray for every heart in this place. I pray that every heart would be good soil. Lord, as they talk about the four soils, Lord, we pray that every heart in this place would be good soil. It would produce a hundred times over when that seed is planted. And I pray that their hearts would be open to receive whatever it is that you want to do in their life in the next 21 days. Come on, place your hand over your mind, over your head today. Father, I speak to these corrupted minds, oh God. I pray a transformation by the renewal of their mind. Holy Spirit, I ask right now that you would renew their minds by the power of Jesus Christ and that the seed of God's word, faith comes by hearing and hearing comes by the word of God. And I pray right now, Father, for fresh faith, for fresh passion. Lord, for those defeating thoughts and the thoughts of negative and the thoughts of pain and the thoughts of hurt and the thoughts of discouragement all those thoughts in the name of Jesus Christ we eradicate them we cast them down we pull them down we demolish them by the power of God and his word and this is going to be a year of breakthrough for our, our lives oh God come on we take it down we cast it down we take it captive and make those thoughts obedient to Jesus Christ. Come on, church, would you repeat after me as I pray? Lord Jesus, we come to you this morning. We acknowledge we need you, God. Sometimes we're a little stubborn. But would you forgive us for that? 
And we pray that 2019 would be a year of breakthrough. I invite you into my heart. I confess that you are the Lord of my life. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Thank you for listening to our Love City Church podcast. Visit us online at www.lovecitychurch.ca. We pray that this message encourages you and strengthens you in your walk with Jesus.